please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome back to the Vagabond Exchange podcast number 17. Um, part two. Yes, part two. I was getting to that. Sorry. Take it easy. Um, if you happen to be listening to this out of sequence, there is a part one. So if we start talking about things you don't know, it's not because it's not normal like right. we normally do. It's because there's actually something before this. And make sure you don't go to a, a part one from a couple of weeks ago because then you're, <laughs> you'll be in Chicago. You, don't, you exactly. won't know where you are. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we just left off with the New York I Love You review. So feel free to listen to that and go see the movie. But that was that concluded our second evening in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day, and I don't think anything eventful happened that night, did it? We did go to the grocery that night, which we have to say there's this cute little grocery right around the corner from like the hotel. a little underground. Yeah, but it's kind of like a gourmet grocery. Like yeah. they have all if I lived there, I'd probably eat there every night. I would yeah, cuz they had the salad bar and they uh-huh. had like a little deli and and like all these pre-made dinners and stuff that they had like, wine in there. You could get everything you need, a at good that meal. Grocery. Yeah. Yes. Um so I think we went for candy and other crap, but Oh, and detergent. Because William likes to do laundry when we're on vacation. I do. But he does mine, so I can't complain. (laughs) (laughs) But I will will say, and yes, the Mediterranean has a a decent laundry room. Yes. I don't know if we mentioned that. Well, and we think that the Mediterranean may serve, and I think it does because I looked it up afterwards. It's apartment homes as well. It's advertised as apartment homes, Uh, and they give a monthly rate. I looked on their website. Yeah. How much is the rate? Like 1100 plus. Wow. Yeah. Um. But they have a great laundry facility. So, yes. um, and I should mention that Purex I bought <laughs> has this like sheet, and you probably know about this, but it's a sheet that's a one in three sheet. Right. One sheet you throw in. It's a detergent sheet. Right. After the the wash is done, you take that same sheet with your laundry. You put it in a dryer. It's a fabric softener. And the third part is it removes static from your clothes. Yes. I have all these bottles of. Uh, Detergent in my house. A lot of bottles, yes. And just think how great these sheets are. And my clothes smelled clean. They did smell clean. Yeah. Clean and fresh. Purex. So there's William's plug for the (laughs) week. (laughs) Only William plug detergent. So just Hey, if they become a sponsor, then what are you going to say? I'm going to say... Purex. I love you, Purex. Yep. It'll become the Purex Vagabond Exchange. (laughs) Um... So anyway, the next day uh, after our laundry, well, we, you did laundry later, but yeah. anyway, after we got back from the grocery, I don't know what the hell we did that night. Should we talk about the fact that we watched The Hammer? We did. Uh, Adam Carolla has a, a boxing movie comedy called The Hammer. Right. And uh, on our previous podcast, we talked about the fact that the Mediterranean Inn gave us not one, but two HBO channels. Right. And The Hammer was showing on one of the HBO channels. Right. And Adam Carolla has his own podcast, and he's spoken about this movie a couple of times. Right. And so I became interested in seeing it, and it happened to come on, and it was a good movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. You could tell it was, like, independent. I mean, the production wasn't, like, you could tell it wasn't a high budget. Yeah. Yeah. 
But it was funny, endearing. Yeah. 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 And it was fairly well written, too. Yeah. So if you're ever, if it's on HBO, check it out. It's not a waste of time. No. I promise. Um, So anyway, the next morning, what did we do the next morning? Sorry, I just drew a blank. That's why you took notes. I did, but uh, the, the, the thing I have next is that we went downtown the next day. Did we do anything before we went downtown? Yeah, you're right, because we were going to try to find a place to have brunch. Right. And instead we found the restaurant that we'll talk about. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the next day, um, as we mentioned earlier, our hotel, the Mediterranean Inn, um, was just a couple blocks away from the Seattle Center, which is where both the uh, Space Needle and the monorail entrance is. Um, it's where you can buy tickets to get on the monorail. And the monorail only has two stops right <laughs> so you get on one place and you get off at another place there's no it's not like a train or something it, it just runs a From, few blocks right maybe it's a two mile or two way. yeah yeah um so we decided to hop on that we were just going to find a place to eat downtown because we wanted to see another movie right. these are things that we do when it's cold and rainy <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> or snowy exactly so we um uh, we jumped on the monorail headed downtown um, walked a few blocks and found the... The Rock Bottom Restaurant. Yes, and brewery. And brewery. Brewery, brewery is the hardest word to say. Yep. Um, it's just a few... It's just it's right downtown. It was kind of off the street a little bit. You had to walk back in kind of a business complex. Yeah. But it was your run-of-the-mill... Old Charlie's. It's like equivalent to an Old Charlie's yeah. or yeah, yeah. Applebee's or something. But a little was, bit nicer. Yeah. But it was warm inside and... Um, and if we had a waiter who looked like he was 12 but had a full beard. <laughs> right. And it was also like an awkward taco. Like he <laughs> he didn't know what to do with himself or with us. And we had a little uh, restroom debacle because uh, <laughs> yeah. apparently you have to punch in a code to go take a piss. Well, which, you have to leave the restaurant first of all cause, because it's kind of in this business center. Right. So there's two entrances, one on the street and then one from the inside of this business center. So you walk out of the actual restaurant, then you turn down this hall, which is kind of scary, and then you have to punch a code to get into the bathroom. Right. And the waiter has to give you the code. Right. And I was not feeling very well, so I was trying to like go to the bathroom. I was very, feeling very shaky, and I must have missed the fact that he gave me the code, so I just got annoyed and came back to the table. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But we ordered some pretty good beer. They had some good beer choices there. Right. I had the, well, we both had the pea shooter Pea Shooter Pale Ale. Yes, that's pretty yes, good. It was good. I couldn't finish mine, but you did a pretty good job of working on it. Yeah. Um, and hey. I ordered the uh, pot pie, chicken pot pie. Mm-hmm. What did you, oh, you I had steak. steak and fries. Steak. The pot pie was pretty freaking good. Really? And they had other like comfort foods on the menu. Like There was a macaroni and cheese chicken casserole thingy. Yeah. Um, that looked pretty good. So it's like, it's just kind of run of the mill restaurant food but it wasn't bad no it wasn't bad decent Mm-mm. um if you can find another restaurant, restaurant you should go yeah but, yeah but it was convenient and we were hungry right the two our two main criteria as yeah. you have probably noticed exactly and the wait staff wasn't rude to us when we came in yes <laughs> um so after that <laughs> i'm just remembering the guy that went down the stairs in front of us <laughs> We left the restaurant. There was this man in front of us on the stairs who bent both of his legs at a right angle and kind of popped his knees in the air as he ran down the stairs, right. which William promptly imitated and left me 
on my knees with laughter at the top of the staircase. Yes. There's another guy we like to mention, but we don't know how to describe him, <laughs> where you would find him as funny as we did. <laughs> but before we, when we were leaving from Nashville, there was an individual who had a backpack, curly-haired guy, circular glasses, and there was a girl sitting in one of the seats in the terminal. We were at the airport, yeah. And there was an empty seat next to her, and a guy walks up, and he looks at the girl and points at the seat, but the girl's looking in completely another direction. <laughs> like, I think he was saying, like, you know, is he, he, was, yeah, he implying, was, is this seat taken? Right. Can I sit here? But he never actually said the words. He just pointed to the seat, and I guess he realized that the girl wasn't looking at him, and that that was a futile attempt. <laughs> right. So his eyes just kind of wandered upwards as he slowly <laughs> sank into his chair, still pointing. <laughs> <laughs> Which we laughed about, are still laughing about. Yeah, so um, all weekend long. We love that guy. Apparently, later he was wandering around our airplane with a cup of water. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he went all the way to Seattle with us. Yeah, because we mentioned we had the layover in Denver. Right. So he got on the plane at Denver and then went on our, between Denver and Seattle, walked the aisle of the airplane, <laughs> drinking a cup of water. <laughs> Very interesting man. So I'm sorry that it's probably not funny to anyone else, but it was real. You, if you we should have gotten there, a picture of that guy. But even still, you would have had to have filmed it. Like you had to take a video. Yeah. Because even a picture wouldn't have done it justice. Yeah. Ha ha ha! Very funny. Uh, after that, we decided. William and I decided that we were going to see uh, the men who stare at goats. Right. So we headed over to... Should we talk about these movie theaters at all? We haven't really said much about them. We, uh... What would you like to... Well, well yeah, this one's a little weird. Yeah. The, and it's the same one that we went to the last time we were in Seattle. It's a right. regal theater, but for some reason the theaters in Seattle don't have stadium seating. No. I don't understand it. No. And this particular one had several floors, which, uh... Like you yeah. Have to, you have to take an escalator up to, like, heaven... To get to the movie theater. Right. And the bathrooms are on the second floor. It's like floor. one bathroom. Yes, but the most of the screens were on the third floor. Right, so you miss half the movie if you got to take a... I actually got lost. Leak. Yeah. I was gone for like 15 minutes. Um, so it's just kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Um, and but the, the theater I, is clean and the, the people yes, are nice. Yes, the yeah. guy was very friendly. We actually saw another movie there, which we'll talk about in a little <laughs> bit. But the guy actually came out and told us when the movie was seating, like came out and sought us out out of the whole big crowd of people going right. into the theater. So anyway, we saw the men who stare at goats. Mm-hmm. All right, do you want me to? It's I'll a bit of a synopsis. If you, I don't know really, you know more about it than I do. So well, I'll, it's a bit of a convoluted story. It's taken from a nonfiction novel that's why at the at the beginning it, it mentions uh the fact that you know uh more, more this is, is true than you would actually think believe right it's a nonfiction book by a guy named joe ronson and uh ewan mcgregor i believe is it ewan ewan ewan, yeah. ewan mcgregor actually plays uh the joe ronson character but his name is bob wilton in the movie he, he works for a, a daily n- newspaper in uh michigan, michigan. in, in ann, ann arbor, ann arbor. And that actual paper doesn't exist anymore. They actually closed down that paper. Really? Yeah. That's depressing. Yeah. I actually wondered that when we were watching the movie because a lot of Michigan newspapers are closing down. Yeah. But anyway, continue. And this is in the early uh, 2000s. Okay. Uh, and Ewan McGregor's kind of a unhappy guy. His wife just left him for like a one-armed man. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, and while he's at work, there's this guy that used to that he works with 
that goes and tries to run through a wall and slams <laughs> face first into the wall. Right. And Ewan McGregor finds out that he used to belong to something called the New Earth Army. Right. Um, and so uh, with this in mind, he goes over to Iraq during war to kind of seek out people or this group, this New Earth Army group, um, and also kind of try to impress his wife. Right. And then he's he doing something dangerous. Right. Point. Yeah. And while he's over there, he runs into a former member of the group, played by George Clooney. Uh, the name is the, the character's name is Lynn Cassidy. Right. And George Clooney from this group is one of the more talented ones. Um, and basically, the New Earth members are supposed to have like paranormal powers that are that allow, when they're at their peak, it allows them to run through walls, do something called cloud bursting, which George <laughs> Clooney tries out, and stare at goats, which you know. Until they kill over dead, right. which is where the name of the movie came from. Um, and so the story basically follows the Wilton character and the Cassidy character um, in their journey through kind of war-torn Iraq. and Because they meet up with each other by accident. Right. It's not like they plan this. Right. So it kind of follows their haphazard journey together through the Iraqi desert. Right. Um, you also get a, a, a glimpse of the leader of the New Earth Army, which is uh, played by Jeff Bridges. The guy's name is um, oh, was it uh, Bill Django, and he he's kind of like the dude in the Big Lebowski. Kind of has yeah. that same kind of persona. <laughs> yes. Um, and then you also have the arch nemesis to uh, Lynn Cassidy, played by um, Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey, who I love. Right, and we haven't seen him in a while, so. And it's a good role for him, too. I like him in that kind of role. Yeah. Kind of like the jackass who knows he's a jackass. Right. And he hates, he hates like, the Cassidy right. character, but it's because the Cassidy character is, like, more talented than right. he is. Exactly. It's a very weird movie, quirky. Yes. Um, a lot of people that I, we read some reviews, a lot of people were bored. They, they didn't enjoy it. But I enjoyed it. I, I did, too. It was I, very funny. It was funny. I laughed through the whole thing. I did, too. Not that it takes much. I'm sure when people hear me say that I laugh, they're probably like... <laughs> what don't you laugh at? <laughs> exactly. You laugh at a guy pointing at a chair. <laughs> um, and I should say that George Clooney just ate that role up. Oh, and my he was gosh. He's so fantastic in yeah. those kinds of roles. Um, but he... I, I, I thought it was clever. Um, and plus, the whole time you're watching it, you're kind of thinking, did this really happen? Like, was this really... Right. Kind How of, much of this is actually true? Exactly. I may have to read that book to see. You know. Yeah, I thought about that too. Um, but it's a pretty good and um I would I would say this if you if you don't like movies where you have to kind of pay attention and think, I wouldn't go see this because you do have to like kind of follow the storyline because it sort of connects things. It connects people and things at the end as most movies do, but it's you have to kind of get previous references that have been made throughout the movie. So if you're looking to just chill out and not use any brain activity during that time, this probably isn't your cup, cup. of tea. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add about that? Um, no. Okay. So um, we're going to go ahead and give our ratings, um, try to match them up with imdb.com. I would give this one a 7.6. I would give it a 7.3. So 7.1. There we go. We're getting close. Yep. <laughs> close so, with the rest of America. <laughs> so that's two recommends. New York, I love you, and the men who stare at goats so that's right. far. That's right. 
Um, so after that, we decided to hop the monorail back to the Mediterranean and make some plans for dinner. So we did that. <laughs> and we actually took, um, and I had to say, we've mentioned a little bit of the Seattle Joe recommendations on our previous podcast, but thank you so much, Joe, because you really gave us some really awesome suggestions. I wish we could have taken you up on all of them, but sometimes there wasn't time and sometimes it just didn't fit into our activity plans, but we tried to try out everything that you gave us. And Right. And even though we didn't go to certain establishments, we did go to those areas of town. Yes. We went to almost all the areas that Joe recommended. And right. we actually found out that area that we walked through, which we'll talk about in a moment, was also one of the neighborhoods Joe recommended. Okay. So thank you, Joe. You didn't have to do that, and it came in really handy. And um, we feel like we know Seattle much, much better than we did before after our last trip. Yep. So we decided that we were going to check out Charlie's, which is a restaurant in the University District, another one of those neighborhoods of Seattle that we've talked about a little bit. Um, We decided we weren't going to brave the bus system. If you listen to (laughs) part one of this podcast, you'll you'll know why. Um, But instead, we just took a cab cab ride, and that was right around 10 bucks, right, to get to the University District. Mm -hmm. And um, Joe described Charlie's as a... um, Hole in the wall place. He said it had kept the decor from the 1930s, old chandeliers, kind of these old 1930s style furniture, dining tables, etc. Um, and when we walked in, it didn't disappoint. The decor is kind of cool. It's a little bit funky too. It's it's kind of retro without being annoyingly so. Right. And by the way, Joe, the whole time we were there, um, every kind of interesting looking guy that passed, I said, I think that's Seattle Joe. Yeah. <laughs> So William was annoyed with me. I was. The trip. If they weren't carrying a machete, I knew it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, um, we went. It was very cozy and comfortable in there. Very intimate, um, nice little place just to kind of sit down and talk. The people that came eventually came along to the booth behind us were a little obnoxious, but. I wasn't annoyed at all, and I felt very kind of tucked away in a little booth. Right. The great thing about those booths are they were so high that you felt like you were isolated from everyone else. Yes, and you didn't have to make awkward eye contact. That's the one thing I don't like about booths is that you end up having someone in your line of vision, so you're kind of like trying to exactly focus the whole time. Um, And we had a pretty good server. She was very nice. I mean... She was nice, but I, well, I felt like she was in a bit of a hurry. Yeah, she was in a bit of a hurry, but she she was friendly. She was I didn't feel like she just rushed us in and rushed us out. Right. Um, but the food came really quickly. Which it did. Kinda, almost too quickly. It's like, I'll have the, whoa, how did you know? <laughs> but I had the pot roast mm-hmm. and William. I had the roasted chicken linguine. That's right. That's right. And we both had a drink off of their menu. Did you get that? Just fruit drinks. That's what yes. I wrote down because I didn't. Yeah. It was something fruity, but it was pretty good and yes. pretty potent. Yes, they were delicious. Yes. So we enjoyed our dinners. Also had dessert. Apple pie a la mode, and you had the Bailey's. <laughs> I had the Bailey's gasoline drink, right. um, which I had been talking all day about how I was going to get like a Bailey's and hot chocolate. And they had this drink that had whiskey and Bailey's and something else and coffee, which literally tasted like gasoline. And it warmed me up immensely um so i was a little toasty once we left there um but it was a great dinner i'd recommend it wasn't i mean the dinner didn't like you know knock my socks off so it was good 
Right. But I, the restaurant was great enough that it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. So, and the nice. drinks were good too. Yeah. Nice atmosphere. That my linguine was a little rich, a yeah. little. But I mean, it's the food like comfort. It's like. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like home cooking, like what your mom would make. Like I had pot roast and mashed potatoes. Right. So it's, but it's tasty. Yeah. Um, so after that, we jumped in a cab. We, we did walk around a bit, the university district. It looked pretty cool. Capitol Hill district. Cap- oh, that was Capitol Hill. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I said university district before too. Capitol Hill, folks. Capitol Hill. Yeah. Which apparently Capitol Hill is where um, the movie Singles was filmed. That area, that neighborhood was. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't see any reference to that, but any no. of you movie buffs, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's where Singles was filmed. But there were a lot of cool shops, a lot of consignment places, which we were there um, late enough that most of those were closed. But right. um, if I had a day, I'd probably go back there and check it yeah. out. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go back because that uh, theater is there. Yes. Right? We didn't. Um, Joe recommended that we check out the um, Harvard Exit Theater. Um, but it had two movies, one of which we'd already seen and the other we weren't interested in. So we didn't get a chance to check it out, but apparently it's right up our alley as it's quite historical and neat (laughs) and said to be haunted, Joe said. Um, so we headed back. Um, I think we were pretty pooped after that day. Um, so we just chilled and then, um, the next morning, I had the bright idea that we would go get breakfast. And since we hadn't visited the university district yet, um, we decided to catch a cab over there. And I had looked for a lunch place or um, brunch places in the university district. And um, I just kind of, there were a couple that I had to choose from, so I just picked one because we needed an address to have the cab drop us off. Um, And we ended up at the Cafe on the Ave, which is right on University Avenue. And this is the University of Washington for anybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like any uni- area around a university. There are a ton of people aged 19 to 24 and then a group of like old hippies. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so Cafe on the Ave was a kind of cluttered uh, maze of tables wherein. It's like um, you read my mind. Look down there at the bottom. <laughs> maze of tables what does it say yes yeah, self-serve self-service disorienting <laughs> grab grab your own condiments and utensils seat yourself if you can find a seat no hostess a lot of students young people and friendly workers that right. pretty much sums it up yeah but basically it's not like a as my dad would say it's not a sit-down restaurant <laughs> <laughs> fancy sit-down restaurant right um basically you go to the ca- breakfast counter you order what you want it's more of a coffee shop than a breakfast joint yeah so that was my bad that i kind of miss it wasn't a was. bad atmosphere but it's definitely a college hangout and it's not a br- it's not a brunch place it's not like you go and have brunch like you go and hang out with your friends and maybe have some coffee that's how I felt. Yeah, but they had a pretty extensive menu. Yeah, but nobody was – there was only a, like a couple other tables that I saw that were eating a breakfast. Right. But we did get there a little bit later. Yeah. But I was – okay. And everybody has a laptop, you know, these Exactly. Days, yeah. But really, don't take your laptop everywhere. But we I have to say, we were in a university section yeah, of town. those kids like, were studying that yeah. we were near. And had I known what kind of restaurant it was, I would have picked somewhere else. But given that – it was appropriate, an appropriate clientele for the type of cafe. It was a true cafe. Right. And the other thing I was thinking as we were sitting there was, 
With all of these restaurants naming themselves cafes, sometimes that's misleading. Because, like, there's a place here in Nashville called Cafe Margot, mm-hmm. which is this beautiful, and Park Cafe, they're actually owned by the same people. And there are these beautiful, I wouldn't say upscale, but it's a little bit higher end dining. Um, but they're definitely not what you would consider, like, a bistro or a cafe. Like, these are low-lit, very um, eclectically decorated, sort of a special-based menu. Like, it's they don't always have the same thing. It sort of changes weekly or seasonally. Mm-hmm. But they're all called cafes. And to me, that's misleading because a cafe to me seems more informal and more like what we experienced here. So a lot of times when I see cafes, I'll overlook a restaurant because I I think that sounds too much like a cafe. Mm -hmm. Um, But whereas this place, I thought, oh, it's probably just a regular breakfast nook. It's more like coffee house on the Ave more than. uh, Right. Yeah. So, and I was kind of annoyed because I was really wanting like a really good breakfast when we were in Seattle. Yeah. It just didn't happen for me. So I was irritated. <laughs> so um, we got in there and placed our order. William ordered the oatmeal. I ordered the eggs Benedict and we ordered two coffees. Mm-hmm. Um, William was kind enough to go save us a <laughs> very low sitting couch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In the, like the back <clears throat> 40 of this restaurant. Right. Um, and I grabbed our coffees, which were approximately 2,036 degrees at that point, yeah. um, and spilled them all over myself as I <laughs> carried them back to our table. But no surprise there, folks. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I ordered Eggs Benedict. Let's just talk about how you make Eggs Benedict. You make Eggs Benedict with a poached egg, which means the inside of the egg isn't necessarily firm. It's not like a hard-boiled egg. The yolk shouldn't be cooked through. These yolks were cooked through. So I was like all excited about my eggs benedict. And I bit into it and I was like, this is a hard-boiled egg on an English muffin. Yeah, well, Stupid I guess they figure the college kids don't know the, diff- the difference. So. <sighs> so I was disappointed. Yeah. But, um, yes, yeah, so you had to kind of search around for the utensils and the, like... The creamer and... The, ketchup. Yeah. yeah. All of that gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. But it lo- they look like they had a lot of good, like, desserts and pastries. I'd, I probably would recommend it if we had just gotten, like, coffee and a muffin or something. Yeah. But if you're looking for breakfast, I'd hunt a little farther. <laughs> right. It's not really a good place to, as a tourist, again, it's right. not a tourist-friendly place. This is a place for students, maybe teachers, yeah. professors, but not just somebody Who's fresh visiting. off the boat looking for yeah. Exactly. And Joe had actually recommended a couple places there, but they were all dinner places. Right. So we didn't, I'm sorry, Joe, we didn't get to partake in those. But again, there's always next time. Yeah. And we should say, I want to say at this point, because I know a lot of people, when they hear that, you know, you went to Seattle, did you see this? Did you see yeah. that? I think our main goal this time was to see a few places, but to really see kind of the the outskirts of Seattle, the right. neighborhoods. To kind of walk around, see what the houses were like, see what the little shops and stuff. We really wanted to see what it felt like to live there. Exactly. More than do the touristy Tourist thing. Like, we were just there a year ago, and we did all of the tourist stuff. So I think you and I both felt like that part of our Seattle appetite had been satiated. Right. So the the like you said, the point of this trip was more to act as though we lived there. Right. And see kind of how people got... That's why I think the bus thing was a little disheartening, because we... You know, I wanted the public transportation thing to be smooth. And, yeah, and yeah. It, it so wasn't. Right. And also the restaurant <laughs> thing was annoying, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that clarification. Yeah. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add? I feel like I talked 
talk too much. No, about no, um, not about the restaurant. Um, after we left the restaurant, we decided to walk. Yes. And walk. And, and walk. walk. I don't know if this is going to impress you, Joe. <laughs> But we, once we left the restaurant or the cafe over by the university, yes. we kind of walked in a circle, kind of. Yeah. We walked down, down by, by the, the water. Right. Yeah, by the river. And then we went over the bridge. I don't know what bridge that is. I don't either. It's a drawbridge. Yes. And then we proceeded to walk all the way downtown. Yes. So we went from University Avenue all the way down to basically where the monorail gets on at the mall. Yep. So... You tell us what you think about that, Joe. Right. Is that what your normal walk is like? <laughs> but we got this. It was a really nice walk. It was cloudy, but it wasn't raining. Yes. And um, it was cool. And we crossed paths with people that smiled and said hello. Very but we got funny. to see the little houses and the shops and the condos. Yes. It's exactly the kind of stuff I wanted to see this time. Right. Just to see how people actually live, you know, not within the city, but a little bit outside. Yes. And um, one thing I should mention, because we, we were going to ask about this, we parked a couple, uh, we walked, um, we passed a couple of places where there were parking spots, and we noticed that a lot of cars were parked backwards. Yes. They, like all the cars were parked. Yeah. yeah. So we were wondering, Joe, if that's some kind of rule or. Or just like a. Just a, the way you guys roll out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I noticed it always happened on angled, angled parking lots. Right. If it was a lot where the parking spaces were straight. I park. didn't notice it, but when they were angled in, people always backed, backed in. in. I didn't know if it was a rule like, um, you know, how some places, if you have a parking sticker in a certain place or something, you have to park so that the sticker is visible. Uh, yeah. Because they're, they have license plates on the front and backs of their cars. So I wondered if maybe that had something to do with it. Like if you had to have the front plate visible. Could I be. was just speculating. Yeah. Set us straight, Joe. Yeah. You know, we're counting on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we hoofed it quite a, quite a ways that day. We did. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favorite days. Mine too. Yeah. And it was a beautiful, like it wasn't beautiful in that it was like bright and sunny and springtimey. It was just kind of like this cool gray, like the sun poked through occasionally, but it wasn't. It was perfect walking weather. Yes. It was nice and cool and crisp. Yep. Um, and we actually headed to see another movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did. Yes. And this time we decided that we were going to see uh, the fourth kind. That's right. Um, which stars Mila Jovovich um, and a bunch of other people. <laughs> Will Patton. Um, yes, Will Patton. Um, oh crap! What's the guy's name? We were just talking about him. He plays Abel. Oh, Elias Cotius or something like that. Yes, he's been on. Emily thinks he looks like, and I do too, like Robert De Niro. Yes. Like he could play his brother in a movie or something. He's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, but the fourth kind is basically the suppo- purported portrayal of um, some events that happened um, in Nome, Alaska. Basically with this psychologist or psychiatrist. Right. Abigail Taylor is her name. Tyler. Tyler, yes. Abigail Tyler. Um, Dr. Tyler, whose husband passes away, and she sort of continues with his research um, with uh, regarding all of these townsfolk who had had the same kind of visions and dreams occur. Right. And so it supposedly takes this actual footage that she had recorded from her sessions with these people, along with some other kind of camera footage from news news organizations and police stations, et cetera, and strings this story together right. about 
what turns into be kind of an abduction theory. Right. Alien abduction theory. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I would like to say at at the beginning is that we we saw several several previews for this, and in all of them, Mila Jovovich is kind of at the beginning presenting the trailer saying, Hi, Mila Jovovich, I'm going to be playing this psychiatrist, Dr. Abigail Tyler. Um, all of the the clips that you're about to see are real, et cetera, et cetera. And it also shows an interview between Dr. Abigail Tyler. And the director of the movie. Uh, yeah, the director of the movie. That was the director? Yeah. Because he speaks at the end, too. Oh. The guy at Chapman University? Yeah. Oh. So anyway, it, the movie kind of flips back and forth between this actual footage and sometimes it's side by side. Yes, and Mila Jovovich reenacting all of these, all of this actual footage. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should put out there, and because this is in other reviews, and you can read it anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to say that this, like you said, it purports to be mm-hmm. based on true events, right? But it isn't. Right. It's a. It's like a spoof. It's, it's a like mockumentary a, almost. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. Um, An effing hoax. Right. And I will say it's got like 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. But I will say that if it were a true story, uh, I would say it was a very... Good movie. Right. Yeah, Because it scared the crap out of me. And scared the crap out of me, too. Um, but and you know I don't get scared about things like that. I know. Well... So... Yeah. I really... I don't. I mean, I might get jumpy, but it doesn't truly scare me. Like, I wouldn't have I think bad gets, dreams or anything. But is that because you know it can't happen? Yeah. But, alien, but that's but why it scared it, it, me. Yeah, right. Because I thought I was like, this really happened. Right. They're showing actual footage. Clips, yeah. Because surely Mila Jovovich wouldn't lie to me. Yes. So I'm a little mad at Mila, and I'm not speaking to her for a while. <laughs> um, but during the movie, you're, you're, you are asking yourself questions like, uh, you know, why would the doctor allow all of her, you know... Um, Patience. Patience. You have that uh, Hippocratic oath or mm-hmm. whatever. And then the cops, why would they release this kind of right. video and stuff like that? So as it's going along, you're asking yourself, is this really true? Right. And then, you know, being me, I go into Wikipedia later in different places and realize. Well, we both, I think as soon as we walked out of the movie theater, we both were like, we're looking that up. I right. think you said, you know, I'm going to look this up as soon as we get back or right. something like that. So, so it was a little disappointing to find out that it wasn't real. Yeah, it's a. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was better made than Paranormal Activity. Um, thank you. Yeah, but given the fact that this was actually like a film that had a budget, and it was, I don't know. Like the more I've thought about, it, the more annoyed I am. The more <laughs> I'm like, that movie was stupid. Um, but I have to go with kind of what my original thought was when I thought it was real. Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't. I don't know. I feel bad recommending it to people who know that it's not real, because it's really not a good movie if you don't know that it's. If you think that it's, if you if you think it's like if you go into it like the Blair Witch Project, thinking like this actually happened. Ha- yeah, exactly. I yeah. Don't know. Um. Anyway, what would you rate? <laughs> I would give it a five point seven. I will give it a six. And we're checking on imdb.com. 6.9. There you go. It's not that bad, actually. No, it's not. Um, 
Let's see what the budget was for this, just compared to Paranormal Activity. Yes. Uh, it doesn't have it. Anyway, and there's a point at the end of the movie where they play, and I'm guessing these phone calls were actual phone calls of people that have seen um, UFOs. And Paranormal Activity. Right. Yeah. And we noticed that one particular phone call was from a woman in North Carolina. Right. And nearly everyone in the theater snickered because she had the southern accent going right. on. But they didn't laugh at anybody else. No, they didn't. And I immediately felt convicted for all the times I have made fun of Southern people solely because their accents have a social stigma attached with people who are outside of the South. Right. So I felt bad and I didn't snicker. Even though you thought I did, I didn't. Okay. But I guarantee you the people that were laughing don't know anyone from the South. Well, and not only that, but the more I think about it, I'm like, she was making a fairly wild... Uh, report, but so was everybody else. Right, and just because they didn't have a southern accent, it wasn't. It's funny. like because yeah, they're legitimate. You're right. As soon I as felt you very hear that badly after twang, that. It's like, I've actually thought about that a lot since we watched saw that. And the thing so is, you know. the reason why I'm a defensive about uh, southern people because a lot of them piss me off too. Yeah, but it's like if somebody were to make fun of, it's like if your brother was a doofus. <laughs> And you go, oh, my brother's a doofus. And then, but somebody that doesn't really know your brother goes, your brother's a doofus. Yeah. You want to knock him out? Yeah. It's like I can talk about him. I know him. Right. But you don't know him, and that's how I feel about you know. Well, being that's in how Washington. I feel about people who make fun of like northern accents. Like I can make fun of a northern accent, but I don't want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear people make fun, making fun of Michigan. Like I can make fun of Michigan, <laughs> but I don't. It's the same reason I get pissed off at you when you make fun of Michigan. Well, I don't make fun of Michigan. I made fun of Detroit. You've made fun of Michigan. Uh. Don't I don't anymore. Don't front. The South is a different country, and the people speak a different language. It, it, it sums up this way. If anybody talks that way, I know I'm superior to him because I'm brighter, because I know that I talk closer to this way than he does. <laughs> Anyone who talks that way is the brightest of bright. If Albert Einstein talked that way, we would have never had a bomb. My name is Albert Einstein. <laughs> Now I got a theory here. Get out of you, shit kicker, you. <laughs> Look here, buddy. I got a theory here. It's so embarrassing, those people. He keeps coming back with his nonsense. Anyway, um, so that was kind of our last movie in Seattle, our movie marathon in Seattle. Right. And that night we, um, oh, yeah, that night we decided we were on the hunt for a restaurant in the neighborhood, in our Queen Anne neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, because we hadn't really eaten there since the first night. And William was hungry for sushi. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I was. So we kind of slept all over the place looking for the sushi restaurant, the su- supposed sushi restaurant. There are a lot of Asian restaurants, it's like owned Asian by the cuisine around yeah. that area. Yeah. But it was a Sunday night and some places were closed yeah. already. And I will say that too about Seattle in particular because I didn't notice that as much with like a San Francisco. Um, stuff seemed to close up pretty early on Sundays. Yeah. So, um, you know what we forgot to talk about? The fact that we went to the Escada Bistro. I thought that was that same night. No. Was that the night after Capitol Hill? Yes. Okay. Just to kind of backtrack really quickly. Yeah. (laughs) We stopped and grabbed, uh, drinks at a little, um, bar on our street where the hotel was on Queen Anne Avenue, um, called the Escada bistro um and we had actually stopped there last year to um for a drink right and the bartender talked to us for a while he was actually pretty cool right. like 
gave us some recommendations and gave us some coupons and stuff, but we were leaving before we could have used them at that bar. Um, but we went in there, just ordered a couple of vodka tonics, and um, it was kind of an annoying place. <laughs> I think it was annoying in that the music was... I mean, music like was way too hip-hop, loud. Hip-hop, whatever, which is fine in certain places, but... But it was like, it wasn't appropriate for that venue. Right. And this was like a very dark, small restaurant with a huge... Like, the bar was one half of the place, and then the actual tables and dining area was the other half. Right. And they were pumping, like, not even good hip-hop either. It was like crappy late 90s, early 2000 hip-hop mixes. Yeah. And they had a TVs on that had uh, Michael Jackson videos on. And right, it was very strange. Very right. strange. And there was some. What was annoying was that there was a woman sitting at the bar. Right. Who, according to herself, worked on the Chronic album with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Right. Yeah. She also she had a lot going on though. Yeah. If you listen, she, she was affiliated with a lot of famous people and a lot of events and activities. Like boxing matches, she right. set those up and. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She knew what was going on. So we left en masse. Yep. So anyway, back to our last night in Seattle. So we couldn't find the sushi place. We ended up kind of wandering around a little bit and finally ended up at this restaurant called Ten. And I don't know if it's called Ten Mercer. Or just Ten. Or just Ten um, because it's on Mercer Street. So I don't know if there's more than one Ten restaurant um, or what, but William's going to look it up and, and rectify the situation quickly. Yeah. Um, but I had wanted to go there anyway because we'd passed it a few times on both of our trips to Seattle. And it looks kind of cool. It's this big, tall restaurant with two floors, um, kind of skinny and narrow, but very, very tall. It is 10 Mercer. 10 Mercer. Mm-hmm. Which its address is 10 Mercer. That's why it's called that. Mm-hmm. Dun, da, da, they have a website. <laughs> they do. You could check it out. Um, but it's, uh, it's a fairly classy joint, mm-hmm. fairly classy outfit keeping up with our theme um they've got a really fantastic this fantastic wine rack and liquor shelf kind of in the middle of the restaurant behind the bar but it goes all the way up past the second story of the restaurant and it's just full of wine bottles and these really great liquor bottles it's got one of those like librarian ladders that's on rollers that kind of swings around it's just kind of cool um so we sat upstairs and I had the duck. It yeah. also came oh, with some. We had a crab cream. cake uh, we did appetizer. We did have a crab cake, crab cake appetizer. And the drinks. Two drinks called uh, frescas. Yeah. The f- drinks were interesting. They weren't. They didn't taste how I thought they were going to taste, but they weren't bad. They were just very, very citrusy with no sweet. Yeah. I wanted more sweet. I wanted more kick to them. They didn't did you? really, yeah. Didn't I couldn't taste you? the alcohol so much on the first round. The second round, yeah. On the second round. Right. And then the second round we had, um, I don't remember what I had. Did you write it down? I had a, no. But I had a ginger or something with like cucumber. It was the ginger. That's what it was called. And then I had some, uh, the Mahara streetcar, the Mexhara streetcar, Matara streetcar. Mm -hmm. It was an orange drink, but it was freaking delicious. I wanted like 10 of them after that, but I only had one. Mm -hmm. And you had the burger, which looked freaking amazing. I was kind of jealous. I wish I would have ordered that. Um, but it was pretty good food, um, tasty. Service was a little slow. Our waiter looked like someone who we couldn't figure out, yeah, some actor some we actor. couldn't place. I liked our waiter. He was friendly. And, yes, uh, very yeah. nice. I said um, in the notes that I took, I said it was a warm and cozy place. It and was. And it makes you want to linger a while because 
I didn't feel like I needed to get out of there. Neither did and I. it was late at night, I guess, but But it was it was nice. Yeah. And it was a good place just to kind of sit back and talk and hang out. There was a family there that had a little boy. It was running all over the place. That was but, kind of annoying. But yeah. um And we had um for dessert we had these kind of pastry things with pumpkin ice cream. Profiteroles. Yeah. Yeah. And Those then, are very uh, good. some coffee. So the coffee was awesome too. Yeah. It was pretty tasty. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. It's one of my favorites of the places we went yeah. this time. So. Yeah, I definitely would go again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check it out. And, again, just a couple blocks up from our hotel, so we had an easy walk to and fro the restaurant. Um, so that kind of kind of wrapped up the the tour de, de Seattle. Um, we came back, packed up. Our flight left around noon the next day, so we actually had to get to the airport fairly early. Right. Um, and like we said earlier, we ended up taking a town car service that was pretty good, a little bit cheaper than the cab, nice, clean, and comfy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So to review, go to Seattle, stay at the Mediterranean Inn, don't take the bus, don't go to the Boat Street Cafe, Cafe. Um, do go to Charlie's and 10 on Mercer, um, walk yourself around a little bit. And if you have t- some time, see a movie. Or two. Yes, or five. All right. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Good night, everybody. So we're back, suffering from a little bit of vacation postpartum, as we typically do. At mm-hmm. least I am. I don't want to speak for you, Mr. Yep. Always. Um. And so today we decided, we've been talking about the fact that we were going to see Michael Jackson's This Is It. Mm -hmm. And so this evening we went and saw that. We did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The movie stars Michael Jackson. Yes. Um, As a bank robber. No. (laughs) It's, um, well, I think most people probably know, but they had cameras steady during this, the while Michael Jackson was preparing for his uh, London tour, I guess European tour. Right. I guess initially they told him it was going to be, he thought it was going to be 10 shows, but he had signed up for 50 shows. Right. And so, you know, there's a little kind of wondering if he was trying to get out of it or whatever. But, um, yeah, they had these cameras at his rehearsals, kind of dress rehearsals and, you know, these elaborate sets. and Right. So. They uh, pretty much all take place on... A stage, right? So it's basic. It's basically like watching so his concert, concert rehearsals. Yeah, right. Yeah, which um, at this point has become. And the twelfth of November, which is uh, tomorrow, is, is it was only. S- no, today's the eleventh. No, oh well, then today was the last day. <laughs> oh yeah, they're pulling well, it I'm from all the theaters. Yeah. Why are they pulling it? They were only going to have it out for like. Two, two weeks, weeks, and then they extended it, I think, a week. Why can't they... Why are they pulling it? I don't know. That's dumb. But it's the highest grossing concert film of all time. It's made $190 million already. Yeah, I saw that. So, um, but I, let me say that when it started out, probably about 10 to 15 minutes in, I started to get a little bit concerned. Really? I like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um. But I wondered, is this all it's going to be, is him just kind of practicing different songs while standing on stage? Oh, okay. I see that. But as it went along, you begin to see all these 
elaborate sets that they set up. Yes. You see these little, uh, I don't know if you call them vignettes or whatever, where he's doing Smooth Criminal and he's like in black and white with, uh, you know, Humphrey Bogart and, you know, he's yeah. dressing it kind of like the old, the Smooth Criminal, the original. Right. He's got the same outfit on. And then um, uh, the way you make me feel had this whole kind of set. You know, where it's guys climbing up. Like a, a, almost a cityscape, kind right. of. It reminds me a little bit of Chicago, like the the musical Chicago. Yeah. They have a similar backdrop like that. But you can see the gas fumes, like, coming yeah. up. That's exactly. And the, when honestly, when they started, with the, they kind of, like, they show the rehearsal, and they, you can see him kind of, like, talking his way through how he wants the song to work. And in my head, like, I could see that kind of, like, city scape in the background so when they clicked to that i was like i kind of like took my breath away for a second yeah. because it was just so perfect with that song and like the beat well you have to I'm gonna start tearing up yeah i mean the entire time i'm watching this i'm thinking several things one there's no body as beautiful as a, a dancer's body yes. you see these dancers and they are all sinewy and just the, the things that they're doing with their bodies yes and they were great you see these rehearsals where michael's there He's an absolute perfectionist. Yes. And I would have loved... You go to concerts, you know, a lot of concerts, and they're good. Van Morrison had a concert, and I love Van Morrison. He was doing his whole Astro Weeks album. Yeah. Tickets were like 300 bucks. Right. But that you was know, not a, that. a show. Right. It's just him yeah. playing, you know. But this thing, you got skits, you got shows. He had this whole thing with Thriller, with a, a graveyard, a cemetery, and in yes. 3D. And then you had... and the, I mean, it all culminated for me... With his uh, rendition, I guess his Earth song. Yes. And uh, when I listen to him, I'm like, this guy sounds just like he did 15, 15 20 years ago. years ago. Not only did he sound like he did, he moved. I couldn't take my eyes off of his feet. Right. And he would just, it was like he didn't even realize he was doing it. He would stand there and he would just kind of, because he was trying to be careful with his voice, you could tell. Right. But as the rehearsals kind of progressed, you could see where he just couldn't hold back and he was like singing full on singing these songs but i couldn't i couldn't take my eyes off of him because he would start to kind of you know just go through some of the riffs or like a bridge of a song and he would just start moving right and i was like it, it, that's just who he was it was like as hardwired in him as like you know if somebody taps your knee you kick your foot out it was just yeah. natural you hear music you just start to move you just start to sing yeah and um i'm thinking he's in better shape he was in better shape at fifty than I am right now. Absolutely, that's that. I thought that the whole time I watched that I was like, I cannot believe, I cannot believe how frail he appeared sometimes. Right. And then to see him, it's probably as soon as he left that stage, he it, became you know, yeah, he the was sick depleted. guy that yeah. yeah that needed the pain medicine yeah. and whatever. But it was like it just breathed life into him. Right. It was. It made me. I was more sad. After I watched that, than I was after I heard that he died. Yeah. It made me realize, you know, you get one of these guys maybe once every 25 years. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody. And the thing is, when you look at Thriller and stuff like that, you yeah. didn't have videos like that before. No. You just had music videos. He came along and made you realize that you can tell a story yes. with the video. It doesn't just have to be about the music. It's a video. It's visual. Right. And so, and you look at him on stage with all these dancers and I mean, before him, you know, you didn't really. But now you think that you have Usher, you have Britney Spears, you had Christina Aguilera. You oh, see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. 
and that's all because of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you see the dancers at the beginning of this film, and they're they're all they're breaking down because they they can't they're overwhelmed by the idea that they're going to be on the same stage with this as guy. Michael Jackson right. as Michael Jackson twenty years out of his peak. Like right. that's how that's still how important it was. And these were people younger than me right. who were felt so affected and touched by this guy. Yeah. And not just from I mean there were Australian people. There was a guy from Holland that they interviewed. It wasn't just. It was like a fun, he was a phenomenon. Right. Just, yeah. I was over, overwhelmed by the fact that this is a 50-year-old man yeah. that, to me, seemed like he was the Ten same way he was Ten years same old. way he was when he was in the 80s. Yeah. I, th- I thought I saw the little boy that he was. Yeah. Just that, like... And, and the, the thing that I really liked, too, is it wasn't just him playing. Like, he's not just out there singing and dancing. Like, he truly oversaw every attribute of that show so like the the digital media that they did all the videos that they shot he had an opinion he had a vision and it, from what i could tell everyone respected what he thought so much that i mean he had technicians and they're changing things because michael jackson wanted you know something on a video screen to like phase out differently right like that to me is pretty remarkable he's trying to evoke a feeling he yes. knew exactly what would touch the what audience nerve yeah and it's musically, that's visually, you know, let's do the light here. You know, there's a part where he's like, you know, cut the music here because it'll, you know, it'll the feeling will be greater. Yes. So the guy, like I said, he was a perfectionist, but he was he was an artist. He was a true artist. And, you know, he he there were key words that he seemed to use a lot, like simmer, let yeah, it simmer. Yeah, sizzle. He said sizzle. sizzle. Yeah, and sizzling. love. So... Yeah. He seemed humble. He seemed gracious. He didn't seem like some cocky, you know. He wasn't a diva. No, it was a family. That's what it appeared yes. to be. And there's this part, and I don't know if you saw how, like, often I was weeping during the entire thing. But there's this part, there's a female guitar player right. who's part of his band, and she is a badass yeah. guitar player. Like, I just was drooling the whole time I was watching her. And there's this part where he, like, he's kind of taking her around. I'm probably telling too much about this movie, but since they're pulling it out of theaters today anyway. Yeah. He's, like, kind of guiding her where he'd like for her to stand during this one particular song. And he's, like, trying to get this guitar solo out of her. And he keeps telling her, like, yeah, just hit the highest note you can. Right. And then he says, um, I want you to shine. He said, we're all going to be here with you. I just, like, lost it. I had, like, a breakdown right yeah. there. Because it just, for, like, Michael Jackson to say. This is your moment. I want you to shine. Right. People aren't, aren't paying a thousand dollars a ticket to see no name guitar player shine like that. I don't know. That just, I loved him after that. Yeah. He was creating an ex- experience. Yeah. I think if you go to a Michael Jackson show, you'll never forget it. But I thought, I also thought how much money did it take to produce this thing and how many jobs were lost, lost. the day that he passed away? That's what I thought too. Yeah. I thought about that too, and how heartbreaking was that to get so close? And not, yeah. he was only a couple of weeks away from. Yeah, I think he yeah. said eighteen days or something. Yeah. So. So, um, I would highly recommend that. Yep. When it comes out on video, surely they'll release it to DVD, don't you think? They should, but they've been so weird about this whole thing. It's kind of shitty. I don't yeah. like that. So, what what ranking would you give this? Um, I'm going to give it a nine point two. Yeah, I'll do the same. 7.5. Is that Anne Heche? No way. Is it? I don't know. Yep. 
Her kid looks exactly like her. <laughs> he does. So, thank you for listening to our two-part segment on Seattle and all four movie reviews that we've given. Right. Um, will we be back next week? I th- well, I don't know. What well, is? We'll be back in a little while. We'll be back soon. We'll I be mean, back before Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll be back before Christmas. We'll be back. Eventually. <laughs> um, if you'd like to email us to tell us what you think of our movie reviews or the movies that we've reviewed or any movie at all. Um, if you'd like to tell us about your adventures or give us suggestions for a f- upcoming trip, feel free to email us at vagabondexchange at gmail.com. Right. Or you can check us out on Facebook. Um, even though William's not a fan, we'd love to have you. Um, we're just under Vagabond Exchange on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we are thinking about going to San Francisco for the New Year. Yes. Um, but if you come up with a better, we haven't gotten our tickets yet. Yes. So if you come up with a better suggestion, let us know. Right. Right. Although we're probably going to San Francisco. <laughs> we'll probably disregard your, your right. suggestion, <laughs> unless you want to pay for our trip. Exactly. Pure X. Thanks, Joe. Okay. So until then. We'll see you later. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings. Use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.